What's up, everybody? He's Lil Duval. That's my guest, Sister Rolanda. And together, and together we're at you. Bring you a podcast that's always funny and often offensive. And guaranteed to make even the most uptight listener get over themselves and laugh out loud. Cue the corny music, my mind. Stop that negativity. It's 2017. Keep it, it positive. I said say cue, the, cue the music, my man. Oh, I thought you said corny music. I said cue the music, my man. Oh, my bad. We got it. We got it. So what's up, everybody? Thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah. Thank y'all. I, I apologize for the technical difficulties on the last one. We didn't know we did that at my mama house with my cousin. Shout out to Jahan. If you didn't check it out, go check it out now. Super producer Jahan. That's episode 17 that he's talking about. And I want to give a special thank you to the listeners that see me out in the streets again. I was at the Jaguars game and, um, you know, that little section where the players come out. Yeah. Me, my sister, Renise, my nephew, LJ, we were out there waiting for them. And so, dude, he had t-shirts. They were throwing them out. Instead of throwing them out, he came and walked up to me. He was like, hey, I'm a big fan. He gave me a t-shirt. And everybody was looking like, what the fuck? How'd she get a t-shirt? Because mm. I'm that nigga. See, so, so, so I didn't catch notice, his name, but thank you for giving me my so t-shirt. You know, I if you give us something in public, she gonna give you a shout out. That's all it takes. We all winning. We all, and tell me your name and I'll give you a shout out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and then yeah. restaurants work well. I eat out all the time. My refrigerator is pretty empty. Okay. So restaurants, clubs, and if you got a girlfriend or you know somebody, hit me up. All right. So subscribe to the show. Leave a comment on SoundCloud and leave um, a review on, on iTunes, mm-hmm. a favorable review. But welcome back. And happy new year to everybody. You know, 2017. Y'all ain't think we was going to make it. Y'all but we here. Well, they didn't think celebrity was going to make it because, yeah. you know, everybody was dying since celebrities dying. Now it's the end of the I world. I was praying for it. You was going to make it. Yeah, I knew it was going to make it. I mean, you got to think it's just it's just people die. You know, it's just now we have more celebrities than we used to have. You know, we call anybody a celebrity now, so everybody's dying. Uh, I mean, you see more people that you know dying, public people, rather, and that's the difference. So now that we see all these public people dying, we feel like it's the end of the world, but... I think overall people feel like it's the end of the world. They felt like Trump became president. That was the end of the world. You're going to always think it's the end of the world when you old. <laughs> Everything is made. Oh, it's the it end ain't of the just world. the old people. It's everybody feel like yeah, it's the, it's the end of the world. Young, if it's the younger people, the younger people that's been influenced by the older people tell them it's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. It ain't the end of the world. Because that's where it starts. The young people don't really have an opinion. They just be like, where you learned that from? You learned that from your mama. Our grandma used to tell us it's going to be the end of the world. And that was 30, 40 years ago. She so. did. Grammy had us scared. Yeah, so I mean, the end of the world, the end of the world is when you end it. So. <laughs> That's the end I of the think. world is when you end it. Yeah, when God get get rid of your heart and tell you to make it stop. Do you think? Oh, what's that? Um, actress that died when her daughter died. She's. I heard that she said, "I'm ready to go." Do you think they they really people, know how to do that? People were saying like it was so sad, but I thought it was kind of romantic, like like on some movie stuff. Right, like my baby's gone. Yeah, it's like but she had died. another child. It's like you died. But that that took your heart. Don't that sound like a movie? I would feel fucked up if I was her son, cause like she left, cause the daughter left. So you ain't care enough to stay for me? No, I mean, you never no. know. I don't know what it was. She probably he knew he, she knew he was strong enough to handle this, you know. So maybe that's, that's true, what that's it was. true. But that was cool. I mean, I feel like old people know when they ready to go and they say it, they be gone right away shortly mm-hmm. afterwards. Well, no, cuz Grammy been trying to die. <laughs> Grammy's been trying to go That's for the That's my grandmother, my Grammy. She's been trying to die, and she's still here. Like, it's been the end of the world since, like... She's so mad she alive still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pissed about... Wait, did you tell a story about the time when... Oh, yeah, she <laughs> she passed out in the garage and stayed there for an hour and thought she was dead and got up and walked back in the house. I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> you know, yeah. my Grammy's a, die, Grammy's a diehard Christian, but when she sneezes, she say, oh, shit. Yeah, she, she oh, cursed when she sneezes. Yeah. <laughs> But so, we love you, Grammy. If you, we know you ain't listening. She still think, <laughs> she still think, um, Rudy is still a kid. Oh, not my Rudy. <laughs> yeah, she, when she saw Rudy, remember when we showed her Rudy, um, from Polly. Polly? Yeah, Rudy having the baby now, Grandma. Did you know that? <laughs> having the baby, getting getting divorced, and everything. She going through all types of grown people shit. <laughs> not my Polly. She used to say that. Not my Polly. Yeah, not my Polly. Yeah, Polly. But we got a special guest though. You know, we got a special guest. We, you know, I, I don't like bringing people. I'll try not to emphasize on guests too much because I don't like to rely on it. I'll try to use my, the people that I know as far as celebrities or something, unless I just feel like it at that day. But for the most part, we don't do it as much. But, but today we have a guest, you know, and this person here, I can, I guess I could say she's a staple into the hip hop scene, especially the southern, the southern scene, you know, cause, and, and Florida, you know, and if you ask me, and she probably tested this too, 
Florida is is in the veins and the DNA and the blood system of everybody now because it seems like everything is what we've been doing for the last 15, 10, 15 years. So let me introduce y'all who it is. This the the owner of of Ozone Magazine. Yep. Y'all give it up for Julia. Give Woo! it up. Did I introduce her right? We need some nope. applause. We you have, didn't. We have I didn't introduce her right. Well, well, let let Rolanda do all the applause, verberage. Applause. Yeah, verberage. Go ahead, do it, do it. Well, I think she's a big contributor behind the scenes to hip hop. You know, she started with Ozone Magazine, and mm-hmm. then that branched off to the Ozone Awards, which we actually went to, but we'll get into that. Uh-huh. And then um, author of uh, Sweet Jones Pimp C Trill Life Story. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now let's welcome. Julia Beverly. Okay, she did a better job. <laughs> Thank you for the introduction. What's up, Julia? I, I did my research. What's up? Like, all right, I don't know if anybody else did this, but I'm going to do it because I always was interested in how you got in, what you did, and how you snowballed into what it was, if it was just something that you stumbled upon or something that you said from day one, this is what you want to do. Tell me where you're from, how you got in, and what got you into First, tell me where you're from. Where are you from? Well, I've lived all over the place. My family moved all over the place, but I I claim Orlando. I okay. went to I went to high school. And why? Orlando, oh, you went so. to high school. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. That's where we ended up. Okay, you went to high school, and from high school, like I don't know your age, but it they seem like I've been knowing you since maybe I guess now that I think about it, it's since a long time. Yeah. It's a long time. Like so from so it's been ozone from day one since I've been knowing you. Like so, tell me where what got you into ozone or what got you into hip hop. Oh, man. Um, Well, I got into hip-hop in high school. Um, It was my junior year of high school. I was homeschooled for most of my life. What? yeah, it was. It's. I have a long story. I could go all into it. We but got hours. We got time. We, this is a, a podcast. We, can, we got hours. It's okay to be long winded. They want us to go longer. Go yeah, ahead. Go well, ahead. I didn't. I didn't end up going to a an actual like public school until I was like fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. So I was very sheltered. Like up until that point, I didn't know anything about you know music or movies. Like we were. My parents were like, you can't watch anything. You know, what, can't Jehovah's watch TV. Witness? Can't watch. Uh, no, not Jehovah's Witness, but um, they're Christian, but but a very, very strict Christian family. So. Were you more into, because this is how I see you, this how I seen it. Like, you was always like, who is this girl, who is this white bitch with this camera? Uh, that's, 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 that's what, what I, I knew you as. I, like, to me, I thought, because to me, was it more of the camera photography or was it more of hip-hop? Cause it to was me, it's like you know, I had, it was always he, something like photography. When I look back, even back when I was like ten years old, and you had a little throwaway cameras, like mm. I would just take pictures of everything. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah, always yeah. was into photography. And yeah. um, when I was in high school, so I had an art class where it was like a three-hour class, like once a week. But it was like the highlight of the the whole school week. And there was a guy in there who could he could draw. Like he was really dope. But he would he brought in the Outcast, uh, the AT Aliens album, because mm-hmm. it had a little cartoon. I don't know if you remember the album, but it, that yeah, album yeah, had yeah, a little yeah. cartoon strip in it so he would draw the stuff from the cartoon strip but he was playing the album like over and over again and you know i was i was into like maybe like nirvana pearl jam at that time <laughs> i was in, i was in the grunge you know the big like yeah, flannel yeah, yeah. shirts and big jeans and stuff but you know you're a teenager like you don't really know what what you're into yet you're just kind of experimenting with stuff and um he was playing this album like just on repeat and i would just you know the at aliens album had all those like cool like they had the, the spoken word intros and like the splash sound effect. Like it had a lot of sound effects yeah, and stuff. It was, it was built like, like a, a sh- like a it was movie, like a journey, like, yeah, yeah a like journey. a movie. And yeah. so I didn't, I think at that time I wasn't even listening to it like oh this is hip hop or whatever. I was just, just like hey, what is that? That's dope, yeah. you know. So that was my introduction. And so even like like last year, I think it was last year or the year before when Outkast did that big concert at Centennial Park and I got to shoot that like I felt like that was kind of like coming full so circle Outcast was your Outcast was my introduction, introduction and, to um, hip-hop. and then I got into Tupac and you know Tupac was oh, that just, just blew everything. wide open mm-hmm. like because I felt like he you know not to be funny but like he, him coming from the background he came from which is obviously totally different from what uh middle class you know white female would experience but the things he was talking about was still relevant mm-hmm. to me a lot of the things that he was talking about was like what just like life in general like the okay. him speaking on like the Machiavelli album where he talked about just feeling trapped in situations mm-hmm. he's talking about actually physically being in prison right, right, right. but you know I was experiencing that in other ways like I, I felt very stifled by the way I had been raised like you're, you're gonna you're gonna go to church you're gonna get married you're gonna have kids you're gonna be a Christian you're gonna you know like how are your other siblings with that they were cool with that I mean, as far as how y'all were raised, I think they're not as. I was the oldest, so I probably had it the worst. Uh huh. Um, what did your parents think? 
Uh, if they were so strict and then they baby got a hip hop magazine. They or probably just, didn't even know what. I'm oh, telling you, you listening to I was, oh, I was I was gone at that you point. You got the yeah, too, I was, like, I was, I, like. No, I had to listen. Tupac, I had like a big boom box and I would have to turn it on like <laughs> super low and you'd have to just be hunched Come over like. Sneaking yeah. and listen to it. No, because I, I got in trouble because I had the Nirvana tape that had the song Rape Me on it. Which it was like in my sock drawer. <laughs> And um, my so mom found it. A, it was a better step for her. To but you know, when he was, when he was, I tried to explain like he's saying rape me like metaphorically. He's not actually talking about rape. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I remember being grounded are, for like uh, two, three. If you are a yeah. parent. Yeah. And you see your child listen to rape, rape me. me. Yeah, no, that was a problem. And but I, <laughs> but I do think that um, but people look at hip hop and Christianity as as if they can't coexist. Mm -hmm. And I would agree that I mean there's a lot of lyrics obviously that you could point out and be like, yeah, this is offensive, this is misogynistic, but then there's also songs and lyrics and artists that are that are like, talking about their struggles with spirituality or, mm -hmm. or the way they, you know, I I don't know a lot of really influential artists that have never touched on that topic. It's cuz you know? in hip hop you struggle but in the same time you want to help too. So it's like a fight, but at the same like I was I just posted this on Instagram about Tupac and they, people say I'm crazy but it, it's kind of true for me I learned more from him than I have the Bible and I say that because that's where I got a lot of my a lot of my influential from like I, I I studied him I paid attention to everything he said more than I would the Bible I'm not saying that the Bible probably not now that I now that I'm older I listen I mean I read other things now but at that moment at that time I want. I don't want. When you were a kid, you ain't trying to hear no Bible. Mm -hmm. You know well, what I'm saying? And, so, and Tupac had so much material. Yeah. So at the time when I started getting into him, I think this was around the time he that he probably was killed because this was oh, like 90, 95, 96. It was around the time that he That's died. When everybody so, get into somebody. Nah, I was into him before he died. Like I remember when That's he when died. When the sales go up and stuff. I remember when he died. I mean, where I was when he died. Like how everybody know where they yeah, was. I was, too, I was too young really to get the. Yeah, the yeah. movement while he was yeah, alive. I remember but, yeah. I was right. I remember right all that. So I remember I just seen everything. But at the same time, he was a great man. Even before I started Ozone, like I was just I was interested in so many things, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I did get some good advice. I, I I was I had a friend who told me he was like, well, you can't pinpoint like what you want to do. So you should just try one, just try everything, just try one at a time, and eventually you're gonna eliminate what you don't want to do. And the ironic thing was like ozone ended up being like a little bit of all these other things I had tried. Like I, people used to be like, "Are you Jamaican?" Because you have like seven jobs. Because mm -hmm. I, I literally <laughs> had like seven jobs at one time. Like mm -hmm. I was, I was at you know when you sit at Disney and they draw your picture and stuff. Mm -hmm. I did that for a couple of years. <clears throat> I was a web designer. So I was an draw. accountant. Yeah, I was a, a graphic designer, photographer. Like I worked at a photo lab. I just had all kinds of stuff going on. And um, then I got a day job. Realize? Oh, well, go ahead. Go ahead. So then I got I got a day job working as a, a IT director. So I was actually in charge of like the networks for this architectural firm because mm -hmm. I'm good with computer programming and all that stuff. So, but it was so like just to sit in this office. I mean, I was 18, 19 years old. I got a full salary, benefits, you know, expense account, everything. But I just coming into work and like just sitting in this cubicle, I was like, man, how do people? I can't do this every day for the rest of my life. Like yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I just can't do it. So photography became something that was kind of something a release yeah something. well i started going out to clubs and um there was a guy named mert who was a graphic designer i don't know if you know mert from from orlando but i know if i see him he started a, a magazine called orlando source he had put out like one issue and um, we had a mutual friend um jesse was like oh you should talk to this guy you know he's starting a magazine so originally our agreement was like he was going to give me access to stuff and mm -hmm. then i would shoot it for him so mm -hmm. like radio station concerts and and stuff like that and um and at the time i still had a day job so i was out you know i'd be out till three four in the morning mm -hmm. at these clubs and then i gotta be at work at eight o'clock in the morning and they're having these boardroom meetings and i'm like falling asleep at work so mm -hmm. you know so at, at a certain point i just i didn't care anymore right, so right. I got fired. You know, <laughs> this is after weeks of like, you know, come in late, two-hour lunch, leave early type of thing. So I got fired, which I, I really felt like was the best thing that ever happened to me. But at the same time, I had left home. So I was, you know, I was living on my own. I got bills to pay. So it was kind of a, you know, it's that shock. If you're used to getting a two-week paycheck, all of a sudden you're like, oh, now you shit. <laughs> it's getting real. Right. Yeah. I can cuss, right? Yeah, yeah okay. go ahead. Yeah. Can you? I'm just making sure. Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> So, um, 
yeah that was my that was my beginning and so I just started doing photography graphic design you know at that time like there wasn't a lot and people didn't have cameras or camera phones so anybody who needed a they had to photo come to shoot you. would come to me it's kind of like Walgreens you know the only way you get something developed was when we went to Walgreens or Eckert's that's how, it sounds so crazy now but like I used to like ATL pics we have to wait for him mm-hmm. to when he felt like posting the pics it, mm-hmm. it just used to drive me crazy but now it's like it's, everything is instant. Everything you don't. As soon as I take a picture it's with my crazy. real camera, it's amazing how far it's, it's come. It's come, it, and it, I know you've really seen it. Well, let me ask you: this. What? When did it go to ozone? When did it go to ozone? So we did Orlando Source for about a year, actually. The so the second issue, he I was supposed to give him some photos, and so instead of just giving him photos, I was just experimenting with like layout and stuff. So I sent him like full layouts with uh-huh. articles and everything attached to the pictures and captions and stuff. So he was really impressed. He was like, oh, wow, you know, like, why don't you be my partner? Right. And so we did that for about a year. We kind of fell out towards the end of that year. He did the Orlando Source Awards. I never, I don't even which, remember that. What yeah, year was that? That, w- that would have been 2001. 2001. No, I don't remember that one. He hired this guy to put the show together who was a complete idiot. It was a long story, but uh-huh. we, we fell out around that time. And I was upset because he said hey, we're not going to do the magazine anymore. And I had already, I, I was already like three quarters of the way into the next issue. And I was like, well, I'm not just going to stop. Like, I have to put this issue out and I'll just put a little goodbye note. Like, okay, this is our last issue. Mm-hmm. And so I had a friend who was like, well, why would it be the last issue? Why don't you just change it and make it the first issue of something new? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how like, Ozone came to be. Like, yeah. And somebody it, else, somebody junk was your treasure. Pretty yeah, much. I mean, I so to answer your your ultimate question, I mean, I I never sat down and was like, oh, I'm gonna start this magazine and break you know southern rap or anything like that. It mm-hmm. was kind of just a, a progression of things that happened, and and then as Ozone started to grow, that's when I started traveling and I would go to Miami and I I hear Pitbull on the radio freestyling like before he was. Ain't that crazy to see where he was crazy? Pain, yeah, man. you know, I, I, would, I tell the story a lot. I remember one time I was with Lil John. And Pitbull, yes, used to be the guy with the flyers and stuff. And we'll be sitting. I mean, one time we were sitting in the club. He was like, man, we next, man. He kept saying, like, we next. He's like, man, you're going to do the comedy thing. I'm going to be doing this rap thing. Well, a rapper told me this. I'm not going to say who it is, but he was like, he was like, uh, I saw Pitbull. First time I saw Pitbull video on TV, I was like, man, that's my weed man in Miami. Like, he thought he was just the weed man. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so he, I always knew he was going to make it because he was, he was a hustler. Yeah, he know? was a hustler, like. And I'm I'm just happy to see where you're at. And the funny thing, just to see what some how far a person come, because you know, like they really kind of street. They got street edge to them, and they they don't even care about that street shit no more. That's the most yeah. dopest shit to me. Like they ain't thinking about that. Like people like him, like Flowrider, and all them, they don't care about the streets. Yeah, stuff. they're getting they're getting money. Yeah, I mean, they're getting money, and they take like some people. They get money, they get harder. They ain't giving a fuck about getting hard. They just enjoying life being entertainers mm-hmm. they you even know, try I to did do- like a great interview with Pitbull like very early in Ozone and he was talking about how the fact that the labels ignored them for so long is what made the South come up because mm-hmm. he felt like you know people like him there was you know in Texas you had all these artists Mike Jones and well I don't know if Mike was out at that time yet but you know you had the Slim Thugs and the Paul Walls and Atlanta you had the Jeezys mm-hmm. like all these guys were like because the labels weren't looking at Southern artists like they had so much time to develop mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened to me base, so. with comedy it's just like I was the only comedian out the south really mm-hmm. for a long time and I used to ride the wave of of the hip hop it through the ozone magazines and through all the other things like that my bad that's my phone ring but through all that stuff and and finally now I guess since social media blew it up now it's a whole big whole genre in itself and so it's just it's just amazing like I feel like an old man too, and I'm not old but especially in the comedy game because only doing it but 15 years, but in comedy, that's that sound. I mean, regular people that sound long, especially in hip hop, hip hop about two, three years average. But in comedy, that's still somebody like said and, and Steve Harvey, they've been doing like 35 years. Wow, you see what I'm saying? That. So yeah. it's it's still, but at the same time, when you come from when you're the only person, like how she was the only person, because all we had was Source Magazine mm-hmm. and, and Ozone. That's what I was thinking. That's it. I could think I of think. 
Source and there were a lot of like there were a lot of like little startups in different cities I would come across, but they would just not be consistent. Like they might come out yeah yeah once a year or twice a year. And hers was more so about seeing your face in the picture. That's all. Love, I, mean, I, I, I think we did. I think we were Instagram before. It was like Instagram. the Facebook. Yeah. Like, it it was really like I told Instagram. you this. Uh, you you probably remember this. I told you you fucked up. You know that you supposed to be a world star. You fuck. I told her this during I, but my space. I wouldn't want to be world star though. No, but I'm the, saying but more but power could, to him though. No, I'm not saying. I'm saying the power world star has now. Yeah, that's what you was. Yeah, and and it's where you messed up or where you didn't where you dropped the ball where you didn't transition to the social media is quick you see what i'm saying you don't think so did you but want I, to? I don't i didn't want to though i think i was really burned out at that point like it became I feel yeah i understand what you're saying i'm just saying like like this was and i and I, I do the same thing too a lot of times i drop the ball because my what i stand for and what i want don't correlate but sometimes now that i look at it Somebody gonna do it. If I mean, you you're don't right. If, I, if I just if I just wanted to make a shitload of money, then you're no, right. not for the but money, not for the money. I'm saying like if you don't do it, somebody else gonna do it that it shouldn't be doing. That's right. how I was and with my TV show. They take it and show. run it. They take it and and you, like like I seen Jermaine the says one time. He was like, man, sometimes looking at stuff it was like, shoot, yeah, I can't be mad at this person for doing it because I turned it down. Right. Now they done took it and took it somewhere else where it shouldn't have been. So it's really so. That's my whole point. Like, man, you could have took that and molded it into what you wanted to do. You see what I'm saying? I think at that point I was kind of losing interest a little bit. Um, I felt like my, for me personally, like being being the uh, certain things, but being I just felt like my life had become like 24 seven, like people wanting things for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you experienced that, like being like everybody thinks that you can put them on yeah, or whatever. Yeah, sure. And especially me, because I got a reputation for like, oh, she's the first one who mm -hmm. interviewed, you know, such and such. But I can't make you a star. Like, yeah, you either yeah, are yeah. or you aren't. Like, yeah. I was just in the right place to Give you a interview Give a Jeezy or, or a Rick Ross. I was just in the right place at the right time. Right. But it's not anything about me personally. I can't just find you and be like, oh, you're a star. Let's make you famous. Right, 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 right. You know, right. and it was just it was just like 24-7 from every direction. Like, everybody, you know, got a clothing line. It was young, too, though. It was a lot coming at you at a young age. Like, yeah. She it was, made, like, she, she was really... I only think you realize how big it was at, at one time. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people don't. Like, even with social media, like, sometimes you don't really see, if you're a real down, a genuine person, like, if you don't get caught up in the hype, like, you just work and work and work and just doing your thing, you don't realize. That's the thing. A lot of it is not real. Like, yeah. it's, people love you, but they love you because they think you can do something for yeah, them. Exactly. And so it I becomes that. hard to distinguish, like, what do you. But that's how, that's why I carry myself. In the, in the industry to this day how I carry myself I see it for what it is and I see how people for what it is and I, I deal with people on that when it comes to industry when I want to not when they want me to right. you know what I'm saying and well I, you have to have that perspective but I think it is hard especially when people get into the game young I think it's hard to keep that, yeah, keep that but perspective the good thing about me I was able to see everything you know what I'm saying I'm, mm -hmm. it was always people and, and to this day it's always people bigger than me and always people less than me so I was able to see the difference I seen people come up I seen people go down. You done seen it. We done, so when I see a new person, you see what's finna happen. You yeah. Somebody tagged me on your page the other day and was like, "You should link up with Lil Duval." About <laughs> something something you posted about traveling, and I was like, "Man, I've known him since he had yeah, dreadlocks." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been like we. <laughs> she have. I mean, she she been knowing me for a while because like we got we, the same birthday too. Same the, birthday. Yeah, that's lying. another. And I didn't know that till probably till social media came along, you know. And we've been, like, we always seen That's each other. Hilarious. Just so now, when I sit back, every time I talk, I was talking to Poon Daddy. I was talking to uh, every time I talk to somebody that that I've been knowing for a long, long time. I'm like, can you believe? Like we used to be the young people of the, we used to be the young mm -hmm. niggas of the of hip hop. Now we the OGs that quit. In a matter of like 10 years. I think somebody on Facebook, on Twitter today, and she said, thank you, Miss Rolanda. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so weird, like, just to see it. Or you see kids that you know were kids, now they're the age that you were doing certain things, so it's weird. But when I, when I knew that I was over the ozone thing was when I just started feeling like I was doing the same interview over and over and over again. Yeah, like I could, I could tell you what they're going to say, what the answer is. To That's the why question. I couldn't do radio. Like it's only so many times you can interview the same, same person, not necessarily the same artist, but just all the artists have the same story, same story. You know, like, or they have no story. Like that's why I take applause, like Charlemagne and all them. 
Like, how can you interview somebody that got nothing to say? Like, they ain't got, they ain't got no life. And you got, you can't really blame because they're only 22, so they still living life. So it's only so much they can talk about. They really don't, they still kind of insecure and all that. So they quiet. They're trying to be tough. You're not going to get nothing out of the person that's still trying to be hard for the camera. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think Ozone, I think our role was like kind of the liaison between the artists and the audience. Like, we would kind of translate it directly what they said yeah, yeah. and now the artists don't need that because they have they, they have direct media. access like we know too much about yeah, yeah, yeah. snapchat instagram live twitter like there's right. we don't really need to know was there that. a time <laughs> when you set like like in the peak of, of of ozone that you was like holy shit this shit is really big what, what, what was that time you was like it was the 07 um ozone awards in miami oh, which man. i think that was the that one was the that one you hosted. hosted yeah okay and what happened what, why, what, what made, I say was that, that before because Houston or after Houston? That was before Houston. That was the second year. I say that because after that show, I guess I would have been about, I guess I was about 25 then. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like that was, it, it was a lot going on. But after that show, I just remember that like I, everybody was trying to get with me, like every, like superstars. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, me? Are you serious? Like, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it confused you like what the fuck but yeah i was in like your mind yeah i get it i get it but and then it would be people that like i've known for years so i'm like why are you all of a sudden trying to get you're trying to like get, yeah like we've always been cool like what where is this coming from so mm-hmm. it just that just tripped me out i think that yeah. that year i think was that the show that aired on mtv jams yeah was that was the, the one I, I that was the one i hosted i wasn't supposed to host at first i she just got me because she couldn't get nobody else no, we had somebody Charlie else. Charlie Murphy quit on that ass. Yeah, I think it was Charlie that, that Murphy. That was the time when Charlie I think Murphy. Was, I think she like no, what happened? Right. Was, and I told her this too. I remember this. No, day. that that particular year, people were calling my room what to get was, tickets. He got. I had to change. I had to get an alias for my hotel room. He had got booed at this college, and so it was all on the social media, this, that, whatever. And I had already knew. I was like. I said, Juliet, he ain't the person for this right now. Because I had already knew this. I you got to understand, like, the Ozone Awards weekends, I don't remember hardly anything that happened. I can believe that's a blur. So it's much a blur. shit going it's, it's on. It was a blur. But I knew, I knew at the time he was, because I even knew he didn't know what he was getting into. I was mm-hmm. like, he don't know this shit. Like, everything now, like, how, how the internet is now, that's how Florida always been. It's always mm-hmm. been, like, a wild, just ghetto fabulous ignorant shit and, and i think you definitely you were a very polarizing host that's all i remember is that some people loved you and other people were like oh he was so mean and so rude yeah, so yeah, i guess it depends on what you're so this was around the time when it was a lot of fights at award shows were you not afraid because i remember i did go to the oh, um one of the awards and i used to do a lot of stuff with you but i decided this ain't my audience ain't too much well now nah, maybe one or two altercations that i remember when i went but just I the war shows in general i think they would come yeah on that TV. was at the time when war oh, shows was yeah fights and, you um, scared? she I wasn't say to be scared fine. i mean <laughs> well the first year i mean we, we did orlando the first year and honestly that was that was probably the pinnacle of ozone because just the amount of people that came out the artists that came out i mean we had everybody from ugk to ludicrous to little wayne this was when florida was really breaking so we had ply we introduced plies at that show like that was the first time a Y'all lot of people heard Flo of Rider too on, on the show i hosted because i didn't know who Flo Rider was because that's, that's right, how i was yeah. killing them i was like who is this big muscle bound ass nigga trying to rap you know who really started the ozone wars i mean there was there was a lot involved but Khaled was one of the key people that actually kicked off the Ozone Awards because I used to go to his birthday party every year, the Temple in Miami, mm-hmm. and he would do that thing where he would just bring everybody out on stage and it would turn into this huge like party. ongoing performance. People don't know. So I told Khaled, I was like, I, w- I need you to put together the opening set, like just get everybody who's popping from Florida and just. I think he, I think we had given him like ten minutes and it ended up being like a thirty minute <laughs> introduction. But yeah, we had everybody: Pitbull, Rick Ross, like, that Beyonce I mean, concert. People don't realize like Khaled been like that. Ain't no act. Yeah, no, no, Khaled act. has always been like that. That is yeah. Khaled to the T. Like, ain't no act. Because people used to ask me, like, well, how is he, you know, how is he popping or whatever? And he doesn't rap. Or, I'm like, listen, Khaled is a motivational speaker. Yeah. That's what he did. Khaled, Khaled get in a room with whoever. One. He'll make you feel like you can do anything. Khaled, talk and he has it. no problem with, like, you know, if some people be too prideful. I'm even that way. Like, if I call you one time and you don't pick up with well, fuck it, I try. He will keep 
calling. <laughs> he could talk anybody into yeah, anything. Yeah, he was yeah. like, look, man, my brother, I need you. He was maybe like, man, I'm a, like, that's, he's persistent than the mother, and he's always been like that. So to see him, act, it's almost hilarious to see where he's at now. Like, it's just. It, it, I think it's hilarious, yeah. It's hilarious. I saw his commercial for TurboTax or something. He yeah, posted. he's doing all <laughs> yes. types of commercials. I was dying. It's just Khaled is getting it, yeah. He's just getting it, man, but. It's cool, like so. Where so when you stopped doing ozone, or when you said, "All right," when did you say, "All right, fuck it, I'm gonna try something else"? And did you know what you was gonna try when you said, "Fuck it, I'm a"? No, I mean honestly, the the recession kind of killed ozone from a, the recession. from a, uh, yeah. The labels didn't have nobody had budgets anymore. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. but I was already at that time. I so was you already wasn't making money in the streets though, like from streets, street. Because mm-hmm. at first, no, was, not when that independent to pay to be on your magazine, didn't you? Independent yeah. artists. So you nobody, really didn't yeah, need there was them. a time when nobody had nobody not had even independent like artists. Nah, once once you got to 2010, was that? Two, were, I thought the recession 09, was 10. The recession was 08, right? Started to hit real hard by 10 when you realized shit ain't turning around. That's what this generation well, people don't were realize. worried it's about you know losing their houses and keeping money, it's about food on the again. table, like advertising their record label is not top priority. So Everything. you think that's what so. made it go? That's where you said. I mean, from from a business perspective, yeah, but I was already kind of over it. Like I already was, I, like I said, I already felt like I was doing the same interview over and over again. I felt like I was going to the same event over and over again. Yeah, like, yeah. how many years are we going to keep doing the same thing? But that's hip hop. So that is just a why you just didn't. But I, I can say that now because it's so accessible. But I was going to say why you just didn't have somebody else handle those parts. But now you got like yeah. Why you didn't can, you have like? But that a was staff. before Craigslist and all that when you can easily I mean, we find had a staff. But oh, you, can. you didn't just let them run it and you just and then you just you didn't want to do that. It wouldn't have worked. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Are you a control freak? I guess I could be called that, but I I had so many positions though. Like I don't think that when you look back, now, you wouldn't have like, been able to hire somebody to replace this. me. You would have to hire four or five people. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but that's that's just that's a fact. You know, yeah, you got yeah. your own business. You got to do a lot of yeah. Things. You got to wear a lot of hats. Did you but, have um, Did you have uh like all right? What I'm gonna do next thing after you said that? Well, around the time that I stopped publishing Ozone, um, I was pitching a TV show, which was like a travel adventure show. What? So I had went to um, I went to Korea with Flowrider mm-hmm. to film. We were filming like just, you know, hey, let me come film like a, a sample, you know, pilot or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, after that trip, that was actually an awesome trip. It was funny um, when we landed. I just remember it was like a 12 hour flight. And when we when we landed and he had his group with him. Um, gosh, I can't think of their name right now, but it was a bunch of us and we, we landed and got to the hotel and he said, Hey, I'm going to go run. Who wants to come with me? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Hey, I'm down. So it was like eight of us that ended up running like six miles through like downtown Seoul and all these business people were going to work. And one of his artists had long dreads and everybody thought in like tattoos and stuff, which I guess are like a big no, no in Korea, but everybody thought he was little Wayne. So people were just chasing us and like, it was just a wild. Oh, so they was the chasing y'all cause little Wayne, not cause flow rider. <laughs> Well, I mean, he was he was very popular there too, but you know the the little Wayne look alike, I guess, was a big a big draw at that time. But anyway, after that trip, um, he was like, "Hey, I need a, a videographer. Like, why don't you just come with me on tour?" So, Flowrider is huge overseas. Like, I don't know if people really understand. I mean, we were going to countries like I've never even heard of before, and they would have like police escorts at the airport. We get to the hotel, and they have like a carpet rolled out, and they got drinks for us and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was wild. So. You know, I got to go with him to all over the world, really, Europe, Asia, um, Australia. So I kind of got into that. And got you in the travel book. Yeah, I mean, I, it was something I always wanted to do. And it did make me realize, like, doing Ozone, having a monthly deadline, like, how restricted you are. Like, you can't just go travel somewhere for a couple of weeks. You got you got deadlines. Exactly. So. But I always tell y'all, like, that's why I don't like doing I like I like the freedom of stand up and doing what I want to do and being... I'm my own boss. I'm I'm probably the most independent person out out right now because I don't have to. I can do what I want to do when I want to do it. It's all up to me, mm-hmm. and that's how I love because it it keeps freedom. Yeah, the freedom like being boxed in. I feel like you gotta like you mess around and miss five years of your life just working. I don't want to do that. You know. Yeah, what that mean? was the point. I mean, when we were doing the Ozone Awards and had the monthly deadline, I mean that my life was insane. Like I just three, four or five hours of sleep maybe per night and you're just going 24 seven. It's like, there's no time to really 
yeah. do other, you know, experiment with other things that you might be into. So I kind of looked at it as a blessing because it gave me a lot more time to just experiment with other things I wanted to try. And then I started doing bookings, which a lot of people don't know, but I'm, I'm really, basically I'm a booking agent. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. But, um, but it doesn't satisfy me like creatively. So, but it does allow me a lot of time to like experiment with other things. Yeah. It's something that I can do anywhere. I mean, I've, even when I, I biked across the country (laughs) this past summer and I was like under, there was like a storm in Texas and I was like literally sitting under this little overpass, like in the rain, like writing a contract on my phone. And I was like, this is bizarre. Um, cause, cause when I be saying, I'm like, yeah, Julia boy. Like she's that's doing all th- he was saying. Like, he showed it to me like, like check this out. So bored with her she's goddamn. so bored. She needs something. She's so bored. That's, that's like she is bored. I her. mean, you're not you're not too far off. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you was angry. She a Gemini. I like we get bored. He like this is what I read about June twelfth. I didn't. I wasn't really into horoscopes until I read this. Okay, I read this profile. People born on June twelfth, mm-hmm. and it said people born on June twelfth are happiest when they're in motion. They have to be running, biking. I forget what all I said, but flying, they have to be moving mm-hmm. somewhere. And I was like, that that's me. Like that's Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know. gotta eat I gotta be going somewhere. You can't driving, just chill. flying. Like even it's hard. You, you know, you gotta be He's the ultimate viber. I'm a viber, but I like to move too, cause even mm-hmm. my, my old lady, she tells me like I can't sit still. And I can't, but like I'm one of the people like when I like something, I do it to the all the yeah, way. Yeah, to the extreme. And yeah. then once I and then once I master it, I'm like, all right, I don't do that no more. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like, definitely the same way. I don't know. Maybe it is a June 12th thing. Yeah, it's know. like it's, it's, it's a Gemini it's, it's, thing. Like it's a Gemini thing. Stuff yeah. And just and I, I people say horoscope, but if you think about it, that's probably the one of the 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 oldest religions out of all these religions. Truth be told, zodiacs because it's going by stars and all that, and that's what they used to go by first. So really, truth be told, it's really than all these religions. I think it makes sense if you were if you're God and you want to populate the earth and mm-hmm. you don't want everybody to be the same, you want to have a good balance of personalities. Mm-hmm. That makes sense that, yeah. you, that you assign different personalities to different personalities. Does it make everything. sense? That's what I believe too. Most of my friends, if not all, are Gemini's. Yeah, all of them. Uh, and so you always going. You never. You, you Gemini's must have are an interesting people life. that you hate that you love. <laughs> you hate you love a Gemini. I don't know if I don't. I, I like them. Yeah, but some, I understand them. I think y'all. Y'all just. You got a brother's different. a Gemini. That's why. But what made you? So what made you start biking? And because I realized you was always athletic, and I uh, uh, athletic type person, or I guess outdoors type person, because we went somewhere. We went kayaking, and you know I I do a lot of stuff. I was trying to remember that. Where did we go kayaking? At? Um, in one of them little lakes somewhere out here in Georgia. But we went kayaking, mm. and I thought I was going fast, <laughs> and she just was going and wouldn't stop. I said, "Man, I'm not following this motherfucker, man. I'm gonna turn around." I was like, "This, she really do this shit for real." So what got you into that and got you? Man, well, I've I've been into um I've always been athletic, I, but I was into running real heavy. Like the last, I think it was like the 08 Olympics. I watched and I was like, man, I need to start running again. Like mm-hmm. you know, because when you're in school and you're in shape, you kind of feel like you're always going to be in shape, and then all of a sudden you're like 30 and you're like, shit, like mm-hmm. yeah. what happened, you know? So I started running again, like real heavy, back in like 2008, and um. You've done some marathons, right? I've done, yeah. I did the Great Wall of China, the Iceland. I mean, I've I've done like races all over the world, and and um, but I was starting to have like some knee problems, and and my doctor was like, well, you need to like balance it out. Like you're doing too much running, you need to like balance it out with something so you're else. Forrest Gump for about a year. You know what? I really had calculated. I wanted to run across the country. I had really like calculated wow. it out, but it was gonna take like six months. So I'm like, man, that's that's a well, lot, and that's Africa a lot of running. It was a guy running from in running the whole Africa. He walking the whole Africa, from South, from um, South Africa, from Cape Town all the way to Egypt. There's a guy who walked around the world, and he documented the whole thing on his website. It's pretty cool. But what do you? I right, keep, right, keep, keep. So you need a balance ask, between biking and and running. Well, That's no, it's funny, but I, I actually fixed my knee like without even intending to. So this was earlier this year. So I had like kind of chilled out on the running. I was trying to balance it out with some other stuff, and um. So who actually got me into biking was was Vega. She's an artist from Miami. Mm-hmm. She's actually, I think, signed a Pitbull's label, but Polo the Don is her producer. So I went out to dinner with some friends of mine here in Atlanta, and they were like, hey, did you see Vega's riding her bike to Miami? Vega, used to, we used to work out together mm-hmm. with, uh, with the super trainer. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, she just posted it on Instagram. She's riding her bike to Miami. <laughs> So I'm like, man, I would I would love to do that. 
So I literally like bought a bike that night and went and met them the next morning. They had already left. You didn't have no butter, no no nothing for your. That's you don't need all that. Yeah, you do need that. No, people always ask me that. That was you know that was the number one question from everybody. Like guys, yeah, how's your how's your how's your crotch area doing? I was like, it's it's fine. I do endurance. I'm talking about some Gemini shit just to jump up and do it. Yeah, I do endurance. Yeah, afterwards you'd be like, well, no, we were totally unprepared for that trip. You were definitely totally unprepared. But no, as far as your seat you got to get a gel cover or a gel seat and and like padded shorts you'll be fine so at what point did your toy start hurting because it had to uh, and then it becomes raw then you don't feel it anymore and then and you kept going though because you was no i didn't i didn't have really any problems on that that um that was 18 days from here to miami uh, yeah. And let me. What are you? And it rained shit, like half the time. What, do you, what is the? What did you? You felt accomplished? Uh, like what did you get from that whole experience? Or like, well, that that trip in particular, we were complete amateurs. We didn't know what we were doing at all. But I ended up doing so later that summer. I did a trip across Spain, which is eleven days, and that was hard as fuck. Like, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. mountains everywhere. It was, and we had weight on our bikes. We had our gear and stuff on our bikes. So I ended up doing. Um, cross country this summer i did uh san francisco to san diego to saint augustine so i have actually ridden a bike from san francisco to miami Mm -hmm. which i know is like just when you say it you're like wow that's really fucking crazy i'm saying why though what do you get out of it why my favorite part of the trip was was the west coast section from from san diego to austin Mm -hmm. you don't even realize like how much land we have and like there's so much space so, and this, this trip that I was with in, over the summer, like these were like, these people were up at five o'clock every morning. Okay. I'm not a morning person, yeah, yeah, yeah. but because of them, I was up every morning, six, I saw the sunrise and the sunset every morning for a month under just an open sky I love and you'll never see anything like those. it. Like it's just, so was it, so was it meditative for you kind of thing? Like, yeah, it kind of was. I mean, I, personal I, with yourself. It gives me, it gives me great ideas. I think. Like yeah. just when I'm moving in general, that's that's how I come up with all my ideas. Running, that's how I feel biking, just, just driving. Your, when I used to do that drive on. from Florida to, to to Atlanta, I can just ride by myself and with no music sometimes and be. That's why I do a lot of thinking. That I get a lot of my thoughts in. But even what you were saying about about America, that's what, people don't realize how new America is. Like mm-hmm. it is really new and fresh and so undeveloped yet. Like if you go to Midwest, like that's so empty out there like mm-hmm. most of midwest ain't nothing there you know what i'm saying it's just a bunch of country they folks like 10 years I, I really felt like like i feel like if i was born in another century i would have been like on a like lewis and clark expedition you know what i mean like you would have been where i would have been on a uh what is that who phone that is that's your phone oh uh, so what you were saying my bad keep it going back if i had been born in another century i feel like i would have been one of those people that wanted to go like explore the new the new world and map it out you know what i mean like so you'd be in the middle of nowhere and you just feel like you're the only person Mm, and it makes you explore you explore yeah you feel like an explorer yeah that's how i feel like i don't i don't go on vacations i like to explore yeah i like to explore like i vacation at home but when I'm out in the back, I like to explore and see what's going on. And then, in addition to that, what do you get out of it? I mean, you you're in great shape. That's like, why I like by the end of the trip, you're in you're in great what, shape. You can eat anything you want, and it's just so have a mountain good. bike though. That's what she I did. mountain biked in Spain. Oh, yeah. what'd you think about it? Uh, it was cool. I mean, it wasn't. Um, I don't know that I would call myself a mountain biker. I probably need a little more practice. I like it because you get so much. I don't like road biking. So you do like the like the jumps and all that stuff. Well, I mean, not like like jump jumps, but it's like you're in the trees and then they have like different. It's like, like a situations. video game for her. Like for it's her, it's fun because you got more to happen in a smaller space than with the road biking. I'm a little scary. Like if it looks a little, if it looks sketchy, but I just get you off learn and walk. How to position your body and no, stuff Rolanda, like that. No, Rolando, you didn't hurt yourself. Almost went blind. It took time. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's like she can at any moment you time. hit the wrong thing by mistake. Like you really got to be paying right. attention when you're doing that. It that really helped me bike. to overcome my fears. You was bored, ain't had no pussy. That's what that was. That's really what it was. She was bored. And he, when people bored, they do a lot of crazy stuff like right. ride bicycles across the country, ride yeah. mountains. But it is an adrenaline rush. It was so much fun. Like she said, it's a good way to like you. 
like exercise, but not really feel like you in the gym. It's just like really fun to me. I, th- I feel like it raises the bar in your life of what you can accomplish. And this is how I used to feel about the Ozone Awards, like, because that was stressful and crazy to put that together. And so when you come across like little challenges in your life, it's funny because you like you'll laugh to yourself and be like, man, I did the. I did the ozone wars. This is nothing. I do that with like, my I rode my bike sometimes. across the country. It was like, nothing. I know a lot, like, a lot of people probably be thinking I'd be stumped, but I'd really be more surprised with myself. Like, I can't believe I, I really did, did this. Yeah. Like, I can't, mm-hmm. like, when I look at where, where I know where I came from, like, I really did. I really done did everything. Anything that anybody ever thought about doing, I pretty much done did. So it's almost like, so I get what you're saying when you say about, but do you think it's just like with the cross country and the riding the bike? You think it's just um, something you're going through right now and then you're like, all right, I'm over and then you're going to do something else? With the biking, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really, I don't really consider myself like a cyclist. I was just waiting on you to just, lie because was just a, cause you'll be over it pretty soon. I'll be over it pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, running, biking, it'll be something else. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'll be else. into something else. You know you can kayak around the whole state of Florida? Well, that's a, there's a there's a route. Yeah, I looked it up. Kayaking <laughs> fun too, but dang, she done moved on. Kayak. But she don't just kayak. I'm not done with the cycling yet, though. I got a few more years. kayak around the whole Florida. She kayak around Maybe one day. I have a list of all these adventures that Man, I can you go need to get on. married. So That's I, what you I need. Just get need married, have some kids. You need some kids in your life because you got too much time in your hands. You talking about kayaking around Florida with gators? You gonna fuck around and go? I'm around like I'm like retired basically, so I'm yeah. like doing stuff that old retired people do. Like I, I met a lot of people biking across down, the country though. who were retired. You, you gotta slow down though. Let and they were like, I met this retired couple. They were like, well, what are you gonna do when you retire? 50. You've already done this. <laughs> yeah, like that's why I that's, that's, that's why I learn like, about traveling too. Like she's gonna be off the grid. I end up doing so much. That's like, what I want to do. I want to get a tiny house and go off in the middle of nowhere. They're about to make it legal in Georgia. What, they just passed tiny the... Tiny house ain't uh, number a new version of mobile home. I want to put a tiny house in, in, in the <laughs> desert somewhere. In where? In the desert somewhere. Why don't you just get I'm an RV? Nowhere. Don't that, that make that's A tiny house is cooler, that's though. You. That's yeah. you, actually. That'd be mobile. They're cooler now, but once they you see a lot of them, you're going to be like a, a trap house. There's going to be a bunch of bunch <laughs> of RVs. I mean, a bunch of Something mobile homes. like a third world country, just that's like a bunch of... They're not like. really as cheap as you think they would be, though. They're not because they're super cheap. you got to pay for the land and stuff. It's actually dumb because... You you gonna get over it. You gonna get over. It. I don't give a fuck. You're it's not gonna live small. in no 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 tiny house for the rest of your life. So you really just waste your. And nobody's gonna buy a second tiny house. You nobody's gonna buy. A, <laughs> well, a, I feel a like used. all this all the stuff I've been doing, the biking, traveling, and stuff. I don't know exactly where it's gonna go. But all the stuff I was doing before ozone, I didn't really know where that was gonna but be either. So I feel like everything. Though. Yeah, I feel like everything leads up to something. Do it make everything so, like you you don't. You don't strip off a lot of stuff as much. Do you think that's what it has helped you? You is know that? what was weird when I so when I did the cross country trip, I came back when we when we break we um when we got to Austin, that was like the middle point. So I came home for like three days. Mm-hmm. So I had been I had been gone for six weeks, biking for six weeks, came home for three days. And so I knew it was gonna be like emotionally it was gonna be weird. But the first of all, the first sensation I had was like that it was so crowded here. Like I was so claustrophobic, like just being on the freeway, being just people. being around so many people and cars. It was like it was like shock. Yeah. And then but but then when I went home, this the weirdest sensation that I had was like that I don't deserve all this. Like not that I don't deserve it, but like I, I have so much that I don't really need. You, don't you know need what I mean? Like I you know exactly what you're saying. When you when you and I was like, man, I have a my life is amazing. Like, you know, just compared to like when you've been living in sort of this minimalist see, environment. Cause everybody so in that long. rat race, I always talk mm-hmm. about that people in that rat race chasing something that they really don't know. It's what like that chasing? saying with, with Bob Marley say, if you always chasing money, you never going to get it. Cause money is infinite. It, I mean, it's infinite. Mm-hmm. So you just, it's like, what are you really chasing at the end of the day is, is you chasing like, how much money? Because you it's people with less money than you that's happier than you. Mm-hmm. So they, and they're not struggling. I'm not talking about like they they struggle, they poor. I'm talking about people that's just they got a house, they got a car, they do what they want. Yeah, you do. only need so much. You don't. You know, how many? I mean, think about like I always use the example like somebody like Mayweather. Like Mayweather, he made five hundred million dollars in a fight. He can buy twenty Bugattis and still have four hundred and eighty million dollars. You're not gonna go broke. There's no way to go. Like you, what can you do with all that fucking money besides give it away? That's the only thing. That's how I look at it. Like there's nothing. Like that's why I don't chase the money. I mean, I'm gonna get my money regardless, and I'm and I'm. A, I got my business. Business gonna be good, but I'm not a. I'm not a money chaser. And you see, when you see other work, when you go other places, and you see how people just 
they're not living off like they're living off the land more so than the money you realize i don't need this. i totally agree right now in my life i live to um to work i mean like i work to live rather so like it's more like am i gonna be able to have the time that i want to have to do things I have a great work-life balance. I'm good at like cutting this shit off when it's time to go. Yeah. Like I just, you I just choose that, my life. You got to get to that point too. You can't force it on nobody. You just like now the older I get, now now it's more like watching people grow up is like watching TV and just watching it all unfold and just sitting back and letting them fuck up because you got to let people fuck up. And I, it's easy to watch it on social media. Like social media, I just sit back and watch it all the time, especially young girls. I watch them like, and I watch, I said this on social media and people thought I was tripping, but I watch my, I watch, I watch a lot of young girls just to study for my daughter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, that's what my daughter going to be doing when she's 12. <laughs> yep, 14. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I watch it like that. And, and you see girls go through stuff and sometimes I want to stop it, but I don't because it's like going to a safari and you see a hunt. And you're like, you don't stop it. You got to let them do what they do. Because if you do that, you're fucking up the ecosystem. So I just let them go ahead and fuck their life up, but I learn from it. So it's the same. I just let them go ahead and fuck their life up, but I learn from yeah, your learn fuck ups. From and say, hey, no, I saw this before. You ain't been But like, a lot of times people, people make their own mistakes. Right. People got to learn from their own experience. Yeah, they They're not going to hear experience. what you got to say. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I say I sit back and just let them do their thing, but it's just funny just watching it. So let's talk about your book. So you got the Sweet Jones, Pimp C's Trill Life. So wait, wait, before we talk about that, how did you get in? Because it's about Pimp C. Right. That's what this book is about. Tell us how you met Pimp C and why, is, why is, out of all the people you met, because you could have did a, a biography or all the, what is it? A, a biography. All the, it's, it's a biography, yeah. Yeah, you could have. A biography done, is when you write about someone else. Autobiography is written when okay. you write about yourself. Okay, you know? okay. So a you could have done this. Truth be told, you could have you know. done this with everybody in the industry. You could have done the whole thing, and you probably, probably will do this after this now. You could do one it's about the whole read. South. Or either just the history of of ozone or whatever. But what made you pick Pimp C and why why are y'all so Man, cool Pim- and close? Pimp C was like just such an interesting character. And he he used to always tell me that I was the only journalist that he would talk to. But he would call me like in the middle of the night and just just go off. He was so entertaining. But at the was same this time, like he got was, locked up or uh, no, this was after. I remember you used to be real. T- you used to go to the jail and do. Well, I met him when he was locked up. Oh, um, okay. Actually, Asylum had set up an interview for us to go out there and, okay. and interview him for ozone's cover and um that was a real interesting interview but i just felt like we you know we had we had well, was interesting because that's that's one of I my mean, just favorite to go, him and tupac those were my two top two just to go to a prison and interview somebody i mean it was, obviously that was a weird experience first of all but he was nothing like what you would have expected like he was very quiet and thoughtful and introverted and so i guess just to, to see the person and not just meet like a rapper you know mm-hmm. it was just it was interesting to me because normally when you go interview a rapper you know they got all the jewelry and sunglasses and like they have this image that they want to you present. think it was because he was in jail or you just seen a real person um yeah i mean he was he was in jail and and <clears throat> and he was sober and he had no you know he didn't have anything to like Ooh. an image to present yeah, you know yeah, so yeah. he was just i felt like he was he was being real with me and um but during the interview, he kept he had already started reading Ozone because I sent him a couple issues, and so then he started asking me for favors. He was like, "Well, can you reach?" He wanted Diamond from Crime Mob to do a song with him, and he was like, "Can you get a message to see Murder for me?" So I felt like you know we started kind of yeah, communicating on that, yeah. And so when I heard that he was coming out of prison, I thought about going, but like nobody would give me a straight answer. Like I was calling everybody, you know, like Bun, different people. Hey, like, do you think it'd be cool? Like, should I come? Or like, because I didn't know what the situation is going to be. You know, and um, nobody really would give me an answer, but I went anyway, and I was like, "Well, I'll just I'll just fall back and see if he's cool with it, because I don't want to be up in his face like paparazzi style or whatever." <clears throat> but he ended up taking a couple pictures. We were cool. He called me back out to come out and do an interview. Um, and you know, even looking back, like there was a lot of stuff I had forgot about. Like he wanted me to help set up a distribution deal. Like he was really asking me for advice on a lot of things, which kind of surprised me because I'm looking at it like he's a legend. He's been in this way longer than That's like what I does said, he you think didn't I realize could do? How big you were. Yeah, I didn't really realize like like the, the impact that it was having. Yeah. But you know, we had the younger audience who weren't really necessarily up on Pimp C and UGK, so we kind of needed each other. Mm-hmm. And um, so we had built a good rapport. And um, after he passed, I, I just felt like. Um, he didn't really get the, you know, he wasn't being recognized as being a legend. Mm-hmm. Like people would talk about Biggie and Tupac and, but they weren't, 
mentioning they him. weren't mentioning him yeah and, and I felt like there were so many misunderstandings about his life and things that I didn't I didn't really know you know why did he go to prison like what was the big deal I mean so when I first had the idea I had went out to um Port Arthur and I had dinner with his mom because she was actually UGK's manager and she was very close to him as well obviously being his mother but um I, have, I was kind of nervous you know I'm gonna sit down with this this guy's mother and I had this whole like speech prepared like how I was going to present the idea and stuff and just from the first sentence I was like well I was thinking it'd be cool to do a book you know and she was like all right let's do it and as it turned out I mean she was like the best possible resource you could have hoped for to do a book on somebody because she remembered everything she had documentation of everything she was there for tell through me, every step of the way, you know. Well, but tell me if I'm tech giving too much. But your book is very descriptive. I like the intro mm-hmm. part of it when you talk about her and how he came about and all that kind of stuff. It was a really good story. It, it kept it had me captivated. Well, that's and good. Then, and then, um, they probably how, should, you, probably, probably, you ain't never thought about making it into a film. It felt like it was a lifetime story. Like it really, I was, would love to see it made into a film, but it would have to be done right. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. there's, you there's, don't want to be like one of them lifetime. Yeah. Films. You don't want it to be a, I mean, you saw the, the, the joke they had on Instagram where they had Macklemore with the fur coat saying lifetime presents pimp C. Yeah. You don't want Macklemore. Yeah. No offense to Macklemore, but we don't want him. Right. Pimp yeah, yeah, C, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, the straight out of Compton, they did a great job with it. Uh-huh. Um, I, actually, I, think, I think we need a Southern, honestly, and I said this, and I'm going to say this again, hopefully somebody here, I think I want to play, if I could pick, if I could pick who I play, I want to play Jay Prince. Cause I, think, I can see that, yeah. You, I you. think Jay Prince, his, just what he did for the, for the game of hip-hop and just Southern hip-hop in general, he's almost like the, the I don't want to say the guy, what is the beginning of all the Southern hip-hop stuff, truth be told. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like his story should be told, just like how they told the story of N.W.A. Like, he's the inventor of all there's, this. For there's the basically a chapter about Jay Prince and Rap-A-Lot, and it's it's kind of tied into Pimp C, but the reason, I, I, I just felt like the story had to be told. The, uh-huh. the story of Jay Prince and Rap-A-Lot versus the DEA. I mean, the DEA was actively trying to create crimes so that they could involve lower level rap a lot employees hoping that they would end up flipping or whatever or it was just a whole crazy story and i was like this has to be totally. this is like some 48 laws of power shit like you know when you read like some old mm-hmm. you know the king how the king defeated his enemies or whatever mm-hmm. i was like man he like this is a brilliant like complete chess move that he did who who did uh, jay prince he he basically like defeated the government like basically uh the story ends with the story of the rap lot versus DEA basically ends with the government having two investigations of themselves rather than they started out trying to pinpoint something that he was and doing. And in your book. He, yeah. Y'all got to go read up on it. That, that chapter it's is crazy. Good, you, you'll go through it real quick. But I can see you do it. You, I can see you playing Jay Prince. Yeah, you know, I think I you gotta talk about, I, You got to talk slow. You got a little Texas. Got a yeah, little yeah, Texas I got all that. I mean, I think he, I just want to get his story off and I, and I, and it wouldn't be on some funny shit because I mean, even though I bring, I mean, I'm going to be Duval in general, but at the same time, I think comedians are the best at telling real stories. And I think I know, I know, I don't know him like, know him, know him, but I mean, I know of him. I know his sons and stuff like that. They'll shout out to both of them, Jazz and um, Jay. You know what I'm saying? I know, I, know, I know them. So I feel like I could talk to them and they can tell me stuff too. And like, look, this is how we want our, our right. pops representing he could even tell me you i mean know? I, I, yeah shout out to jay and i mean know that I, I'm not, I'm I was able the to especially when we were um putting the ozone awards together in houston i was able to spend some time with jay and just like just kind of being around him while he handles business and i mean he's he's brilliant yeah and so i love being around people like that just to kind of soak up you know just watch the way that they so if you're in this, they handle business so in this um yeah much respect for jay prince i jay mean prince. and I, I think i said this in the outro or something in the book but i don't think i would be even qualified to write the book without having spent some time with him yeah 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 because i really learned a lot about about texas rap and and just about the music game in general well so. if you're hearing this jay prince i want to play you so holler at you but i would love to see it be a movie if it could be if it could be done right and um and we just uh well we being um chad jr has control of the estate now a lot of people don't know that but there was some chad mismanagement jr. happening with the previous person who was handling this state which we won't go into but yeah i don't he, give a fuck about he, that i'm not into now has that. A we we don't do that on our show we don't do all the oh did you hear that no that's not us but go ahead 
Finish what you were saying. So um, I think he actually <laughs> just put out a project. Um, Pimp C's son, Chad Jr. He actually has two sons who rap, Chad Jr. and Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, Chad Jr. is is the older son, and he just put out a project on uh, SoundCloud. So we have an Instagram page for the book, which is Pimp C Book. Okay. And we post all kinds of updates on the book and where you can buy it and music from his sons and all that. He so. just had a birthday pass, Pimp C. He did, yeah, December 29th. He would have yeah. been... There's a lot of tributes going on right he now. He would have been... F- 43. Shouts out to Pimp yeah, 43. Man. And shouts out to Bum B, too. It's been man. nine years since he passed. Isn't that crazy? Man, life goes on, man. Life is... It's crazy just to see how life just... I was listening to an old Billy Rank... Um, well, y'all call him Bigger. Bigger Rankings. Bigger Rankings. I listened to a, 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 a mixtape. It's like one of the classic music. If you're from Jacksonville... Like when yeah, if you if you from there, you know about he used to always put out mixtapes uh, from the clubs he do, and that was the legendary thing. And I was listening to one, and I was just listening to all the people that was rest in peace, such and such. This that I'm like, that was 20 years ago. So they it's they ain't seen what's going on now. Like it's just crazy, just life in general. Though you just see how life just it's just it's just wild, man. But but yeah, the, the book. So I. I among all the other things, the traveling and booking agency, I was writing this this Pimp C book. And so, I mean, I would work on it for like two weeks or something and I would get distracted. And then I would go off to Australia or something and then I'd come back and write for a week and then i get distracted. So it was kind of like slow, very slow progress. <laughs> and I was working on it with his mom. And um, so I, I in the back of the book, I kind of summarized, you know, everything that happened. Um, the last time that I went and saw his mom, we kind of like finished up all these interviews that we had been working on. She had directed me to a lot of other people she gave me all this stuff he wrote while he was in prison and um so I left and I that on that particular trip I was like okay I have everything I need to sit down and finish writing this book so I came back to Atlanta and started writing the book and I went to meet with somebody to uh who was going to do the book cover and while I was meeting with him somebody broke in my car and stole all my camera equipment and so then then a week later I get a call that his mom is in the hospital and I'm like, whoa. So I flew out to Port Arthur and she was, she passed within 48 hours of me getting out there. Mm. And it was, it was all like very sudden. Cause the last time I'd seen her, you know, she was out of the festival with us walking around to, she was at a concert on stage, waving at people, two chains set. So, I mean, she wasn't like some old, like decrepit she's a lady. Great she spirit. was, if you ever yeah, seen she her, was, met her, she's a great spirit. I've never seen. She was awesome. But she I mean, she was everybody always, that she was around. Like she was like, she was like Houston's mother. You know what I'm saying? Like every time I see her around, everybody treated like she was mom for the whole Houston. Whenever, whenever I, I know she's from Port Arthur, but I only seen her in Houston. I saw her at the funeral in Port Arthur, but for the most part, whenever I was out in Houston, she was there and she always hugged me like I was one of her her nephews or something. Like. Yeah, I love the book Mama described was. When you introduced Bun B, you was like everybody knew who she was. He knew he recognized her just from her name just being out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but based on our last conversation I knew that this book was something that was very important to her that her son's story be told like this is basically her her one of her dying wishes was for her son's story to be told and and so that was so heavy to me to just have that you know hey I gotta finish I gotta finish this book and with my camera equipment being stolen I was like okay this is a message I need to sit down and just write this book so that's that's what I did I I just Stop doing all the stop traveling around, flying around. Yeah, everybody be telling me to write a book. book. I'm thinking about writing one. I think you should. I, I mean, but I have so many different things I want. But then too, I don't think my story nowhere near over. So I think we try to rush put, things, rush things so much. But in this day and age, if you don't rush it, somebody else gonna do it. So it's like it's like damn, damn if you do, damn if you don't. So I might go ahead and write a book. Well, nobody else can write your story, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. But they'll try. Trust me. They, you know I guess are. I could. Yeah, I can make a book. Yeah, the Life could. of Little Duval. Life of Little Duval. All right, well, we thank you for coming by, sharing your, you. sharing your life story and your life career story and telling telling the history of 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 being a staple of hip-hop in the Southern culture. You need a story to oh, be written course. about this, you. This, this was fun. I, this I, might do a, I might do a book one day. I'm, I'm yeah, thinking you, about it. You better do it while people give a fuck because, I mean, <laughs> these young people don't even know about Ozone like that, so they learning through yeah, stuff right. like this here. You well, know? you know, when I was doing the Pimp C book, I did a little college tour and I, I spoke at FAMU and I said something about Big Pimp and, and we had, you know, somebody, the professor said, do you have any questions? And somebody raised their hand and said, what is Big Pimpin? <laughs> And it was kind of like, okay, yeah, it's a I guess word. we need to, uh, I that's guess I need to explain a little better. Yeah. And see, that's the thing about hip hop. We don't realize because 
hip hop is a youth sport, but we don't realize it keeps us young in our mind, but we're still older. Like you don't mm-hmm. even realize, like it done been twenty years, and mm-hmm. you'd be like, "That's a whole nother generation. That's actually three generations." But you don't realize because hip hop keeps you so young in your mind, but you're getting older. Mm-hmm. And we all are. I mean, we all are getting older. Like, it's 21 years. I seen um, Gilly the Kid on his um on his um his live chat or Snapchat, or whatever they call it this week. And he was on his thing and he had his son on there. And his son was talking about he was the old head. His son said he the old head. I was bust out laughing. And his son was like 20 years old. So that lets you know if you think a 20 year old is the old head, what are we? We ancient chopped liver out here. It's all relative. Age it's is all relative. So, well, they can yeah, get I have your fun. Entire thanks, thanks for uh, having me on the show. They can uh, get your entire catalog on Ozone Magazine from, you know, past. Yeah, it's actually OzoneMag.com. We do have all the back issues up there. Um, my Twitter, Instagram, Julia Beverly, Pimp C Book. Um, you want to fuck up your, and and follow her. If you I'll, ever, be into, I'll be into something interesting this year. Yeah, I, I don't know if what. You but I got some adventures coming. Your fun when you go to a live show, follow her because she's going to record all of it. <laughs> yeah, she's going to. I'm definitely she's a, a journalist. I'm a spoiler alert. alert. Yeah. That's you, not a journalist. That's, that's what, honestly, that's what's kind of killing us. Like we Bloggers. We, no, we're giving too much. Like you got, it's an element of surprise. We give too much, and then when it's then when it's not worth nothing. I, no I more. see myself as a document documentarian. About, you of see the what culture. you're doing? That's the same thing that happened with the ending of like photography. We was giving it away so much <laughs> on the internet. Now when you when you try to make a live up, who who's really making a living off of taking pictures? Oh yeah, it's, it's rough these days. So yeah. it's the same thing what we're doing with that. <laughs> we're cheapening our brand. <laughs> so if you if you don't want to cheapen the brand, you got to preserve it. Well, thank you for listening. Check me out on um, Instagram that was and deep. Snapchat. And shout out to the Gemini's. Shout out to all the Gemini's, mate. We we know how you feel. We need to set up this gem. What's this Gemini's trip we oh, doing? I'm gonna do a Gemini. Y'all, we're going to Antarctica you, or something. I don't know where we're gonna go, but I'm trying to go somewhere where I know I ain't got to deal. I ain't got to deal with Americans being Americans. It, gotta, it can't be somewhere that they ain't used to. So, so gotta, you have your annual Gemini trip too, don't you? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm a. I usually do it with my family and friends, but now I'm a brain. Bring couple friends. I mean, I'm bringing a couple fans and stuff. So, I'm a, y'all keep listening, keep following. You can't me. have too many Gemini's in the same place, though. That's, yeah, that's, we can because they're gonna be doing their own thing. It'll be a <laughs> bunch of shit going on, and everybody doing their own thing. The Gemini's, you you put four Gemini's in the car and ask them like, where they you gonna go. They gonna be like, shit, where you wanna go? Where you wanna go? Where you? You'll be I'm sitting down there. for whatever. Yeah, yeah, down for whatever. So we'll all be cool if it's Gemini, even if we don't like. We'll just act like we ain't cool. I mean, act like we having a good time. <laughs> all right, I'm done.